time to get geeked up. Time to get geeked up to stand up comics telling you what's up in movies and TV. I know you could feel me. Music and gaming, you know what I'm saying. Comic books and tech, stuff you ain't up on yet. And if you are hooked, we're gonna go and take a closer look. And no show's the same. We always got a different game. Always got a different game. Hey, hey. Ooh, baby. Time to get geeked up. What's going on, geeks? Welcome to another episode of the Geeked Up Podcast, Life in Coronaville. I'm Devin Barnes, and with me always is Mr. Social Distance himself, Liam Whalen. Yo, yo, yo. What's going on, everybody? What's going on, buddy? Nothing much. Welcome to the show. Nothing much. Well, then I guess that's this episode. Uh, (laughs) Thanks for tuning in. Remember, I know you're not working tomorrow. Now, guys, once again, thanks for tuning in to the Geeked Up Podcast, formerly a podcast about pop culture and comedy, now just a frontline political COVID uh, podcast. <laughs> Here for your impeachment breakdown. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you uh, see what Pelosi had to say? <laughs> no, guys, I think we're going to get a little back to normal on this one. I know is, that I was the last we're going to mention of the of said impeachment trial. Look, it's scared. That was the we weren't even going to uh, go that far. But yeah, what you want about Trump? He sure knows how to leave an epilogue. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but like we said, we're going to try and get uh, we're going to try and get back to normal, a little bit normal on this one, as normal as it sounds like for all you uh, info Eric's out there that says I. Uh, it sounds like I'm phoning in. Uh, yeah, I am. It, we're, we're, we're still guys. <laughs> We're still on a quarantine. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, you see that? You see that Coronaville to... episode in the title? That means he's on Zoom. Yeah. God damn it! All right, that's exactly. what. It... <laughs> Look, dude, we haven't got vaccinated yet, so uh, we're not doing it. We're uh, we're not in the uh, studio together. Yeah, I'll t- I'll come up with an excuse after we're both vaccinated of why he's not allowed in my apartment and we have to do it over yeah. Zoom. But uh, for now, I'm going with the fact that for he's for not now, vaccinated. Right. And obviously, man, I, I think if anything, I've been the one that's kind of tried to sell to you, maybe the studio, and you're always just like, no. And it just happens to me every three months, you know, like every three months, I'm like, you know what, I've been safe, I'm going to go to Florida for a wedding. And then I'm like, no, I'm not. All right, I've been safe, I'm going to go to California for a birthday. No, I'm fucking not. What am I doing? <laughs> and I just, dude, fucking like you guys out there, dude, I'm just so sick of like sitting indoors and just like, you know what, I think I've been fine. And then I go out in the real world, I'm like, oh, dude, it's fucking... There's still people dying every day. Yeah, no, for sure. But I bet you you're right, honestly, man. Man, I'm sure people can relate to us. I've definitely done the same thing where I've booked several trips where I've looked up hotels in the city and stuff for trips that I know I'm not going to go on, but just out of, like, fantasizing about, like, dude, I should go to Buffalo, Niagara Falls, and fucking... And I'm, like, literally, like, looking up hotel rooms, but I'm not going to fucking Buffalo, Niagara Falls. You know what I mean? But I'm literally, like, Airbnb and fucking cabins in the Smoky Mountains for fucking zero reason, except for just living vicariously... I've literally like booked flights and hotel rooms. Like I went a step further and was like, I'm going. <laughs> it wasn't until like the fucking twelfth hour, the thirteenth hour, whatever that saying goes, <laughs> where like I was just like, you know what, I'm not going. And uh for COVID rules they allow you to just cancel and book these things. Yeah, no, dude, it's like I got tra- credit for it's like travel porn, <laughs> you know? <laughs> just go on fucking Expedia and uh, uh air yeah, scanner. 
sky yeah, scanner I'm the just idiot like, that uh paid for the subscription <laughs> i know seriously <laughs> you're not on the free sites dude i gotta introduce you to these uh, are you my credit card i get the full <laughs> flight the full video <laughs> but to get out of covid but not really like i said like people are still dying from this and uh, i guess that should bring us into our uh, our r.i.p section or rapids or rapids rest in peace <laughs> andre davi's healthy y'all but he's uh but I guess on the top of the list, well, very top of the list, but I guess this is a better segue, but Larry King, you know, 87 years old, host of uh, you know, his show on CNN for 25 years, has died, and he died from COVID. I mean, I'm sure being 87 didn't help, but <laughs> yeah, still, yeah. like... Definitely part of the target group. Me, but yeah, and honestly, we talked about it a lot. COVID. Sorry, go ahead. The thing that pushed him over the edge, like I said, is COVID, yeah, for which sure. is crazy, because like, kind of like what we're just talking about is that, like, We've been so safe and quarantining and not doing this show together and not taking flights or vacations. Was Larry King falling out? <laughs> know, like, was, was he Larry like, King in the studio? Uh, was like, he like I'm Vince McMahon? We're going on. We're no, I don't, has he still been doing his show? I think he's been like retired for a couple of years. Yeah, he's been I mean. retired for years. Chris yeah, Morgan yeah. took over and. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But has he been out there partying hard? No, I think the 87 was probably the other side of that coin. Sure. But like but we've talked partying, about, though, with – Partying uh, hard is how did he get COVID? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's honestly – you can – it's uh, – you don't have to just be partying to get COVID. It's one of those scary things that can creep in and get you even if you are being protective, you know. But uh, uh, we've talked about it with a lot of our RIP segments throughout COVID. We haven't necessarily had a lot of celebrity COVID uh, deaths with all of the deaths that we've had in, like, big – because Larry King's a pretty big RIP name, you know what I mean? He's been, like, a huge part of pop culture for our entire lives. And uh, uh, who knows how he contracted COVID, but definitely uh, definitely sad to see Larry King go. Yeah, I, mean, the... I hope it's that he had a stripper sniffing coke off his suspenders on a private jet. <laughs> yeah, but uh... maskless stripper party definitely how I'm hoping Larry King went down. However, <laughs> I've got a feeling. Uh, 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 you are right. I, though, I've got a feeling was like... it was a little granddaughter or some snotty nosed granddaughter or some shit that got him at a fucking Thanksgiving or New Year's or. Something. But who knows? Very true. Very true. And you do make a great point too that he's one of those people that. Uh... You know, I probably have never watched one episode of the Larry King show, whatever it was called. But you're right. He's, like, been such, like, a pop culture staple yeah. that, like, dude, no, I definitely... anybody can pick him out of a lineup. Oh, for like, sure. Oh, that's Larry King. You know no, I mean? for sure. If they ever snuck him into, like, Wayne's World or whatever, you'd fucking know. But honestly, I had watched a lot of uh, Larry King episodes just because he always had, like, the goofy pop culture people on CNN. And it would be like when, like, sports uh, trivia would be on Jeopardy. And I got to feel like I fucking could, you know, play along and knew what the fuck was going on. It was like, oh, sweet, Hulk Hogan's on CNN. All right, I can watch, you know. But, uh, uh, like, he would have, you know, uh, Tommy Lee or whatever with the whole oh, yeah, Pamela yeah, yeah. Anderson. Like, that would be on Larry King. Like, he would have all of, like, the goofiest idiots talking about their pop culture mayhem on CNN. Like, he would be the guy to bring them to the highbrow society watching CNN at that point. And especially in the 90s where there was, like, only two cable news channels. You know what I mean? CNN was, like, all of the intelligent people in the world were watching the fucking, you know. Very true. So Larry King would be the one fucking uh, a link to getting. I think, like, honestly, the big Vince McMahon, <laughs> for me to bring it directly to the professional wrestling world, but he had that big controversial interview with him where about the steroids case and all that where he was – I think that – or no, that might have been on Donahue, but 
he had a couple of big, you know, uh, interviews. Well, there's a great Larry King thing. So he was famous for, like, you know, not doing his, quote, Google research. But there's the one great interview with him and Seinfeld. And he was like, all right, Jerry, you did nine seasons, and you guys got canceled. <laughs> Seinfeld's like, what are you talking about? It was like, we didn't get canceled, Larry. You know who I am? He's like, all right, all right, take it easy. <laughs> But I guess in other news, and, uh, you know, here at the Geeked Up Podcast, we like to keep it breaking. And literally, as of recording this, uh, I think like an hour ago, it was just announced that uh, Larry Flint, another Larry, gone too soon. Larry Flint, uh, you know, CEO, starter of the Hustler magazine all the way back in 1972, has just died at the age of 78 from heart failure. And a hold your breath, Larry David, is all I'll say. But uh, yeah, this is <laughs> this is another talk about being part of our lives. And I got my cock at half mast for this one for Larry Flint going down. But talk about another guy you know that's been part of our whole lives. When did the People vs. Larry Flint come out? Because that was like a I mean, movie, that'd be like the nineties, like early nineties. I'd say that like before yeah. we could like really even know what porn, you know, like that would I'd say like was our first like one of my first connections to porn was like that movie before actual porn. You know what I mean? That movie probably came out when we were in like fourth or oh, so fifth. That was grade. one of those movies where there was two things happening in that movie. Not even not talk about Larry Flint, but there was two things. One like uh, uh, Woody Harrelson. This was like one of his like breakouts of like being a super respected actor. But this was also during the time where we were supposed to uh, accept Courtney Love as being a real actor. I think Courtney Love okay. got nominated for an Oscar for that movie. Yes, you're so right about that. This might be right after. I don't think we have to look it up, but uh, this might be like right after Kurt's death, I think, too, where she was like trying to keep, you know, I would say this movie probably came out like around 94 or so. That would make a lot That'd of sense. That would be my guess. That yeah, would like, be my guess. And uh, I think you're right. It was like after Kurt died, it was like, all right, is Courtney Love actually going to make something of herself here? And uh, well, she was in 200 cigarettes. And uh, yeah, yeah, she had a nice little thing going for herself. Yeah, you're 100 percent. I totally forgot about that. But she was a big part of People vs. Larry Flint. And uh, 96, by the way, I just looked it up. 96. Movie came out in 96. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. All right. Interesting. Edward Norton plays the lawyer. Yep. Yep. Oh, Norton flick. It's right. It's right. But, but, yeah, I mean, not only was uh, Larry Flint, though, a uh, just pusher of porn, as, like, your mom would say, like, you can't watch this movie. He uh, is a porn guy. Peddler. But he was also a big uh, of the free speech amendment, dude, where he would post that shit about, like, Jerry Lawler, and they were suing him, and it was just like, dude, it's comedy. We're allowed to say this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. That was the... Uh big court case that really made him famous and then he had like a whole political career kind of spiraled off of the whole first amendment you know well, let's not forget too he was shot during one of these many court cases he was on dude he was shot by like now proved i forget the guy's name but he turned out to be like a serial killer he killed like a lot of other people but it's the guy that shot and like crippled larry flint larry flint wasn't always in a wheelchair you yeah know yeah I mean? for sure he was like shot on the court step no i saw the movie dude i remember it was, well it was no crazy. but an interesting fact is just like looking it up for this is that he uh the guy that actually shot him was like killed a lot of other people throughout time i did not know that mm-hmm. look that up that's our next spinoff podcast <laughs> yeah no i did not know that that's interesting that uh he was like a serial killer that got larry flint it wasn't just like somebody that was taking him down for the whole first amendment you know, no, the guy that actually shot him was the reason he shot him is because Larry Flint put in a interracial porn scene in one of his uh, magazines. The guy saw it and just like didn't like it. He was like, I don't yeah, like that's it. what I thought. I thought that it was, he was a psychopath. 
but it had nothing to do with like the cases or anything. It was like a totally separate, just like the guy was just a nut. Like, you know, Hugh Hefner was already putting on black chicks on his magazine. This guy just happened to open a hustler. was like, don't like that because I got to go shoot him. You know what but I mean? And he, but he happened to be a serial killer, this guy, because I kind of thought he was Correct. just some, like, maniac that's, like, racist maniac that saw it and, like, got pushed over the edge. But he was, no. like, a maniac that got pushed over the edge that was a ser- – he was a serial killer that got pushed over the edge. Because usually you don't associate serial killers with having, like, motives like that. You kind of would think that they're more just, like, random crime of opportunity or just, like, random people. Not like, you know who I should take? Like, is it like a, is it a list of all of his enemies and people that didn't... Like, who else did this guy kill? Were it other fucking, uh, well, like, writers and magazines and shit like that? Or The same thing that was the guy that killed Versace had, like, killed a few other people before that, too. Interesting. You know I, mean? I didn't know like, that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so well. it happens, I guess. But uh, we're getting off topic. Big R.I.P. though, because he survived that, and then he rode around in a gold-plated wheelchair. So, <laughs> yeah, so score point, Larry Flynn, on that one. <laughs> but you remember too, in recent news, Larry Flynn. I'll get political again. But Larry Flynn offered, I think it was like 2017, offered fucking like ten thousand or twenty thousand dollars cash to anybody that had like provable evidence to impeach Trump. Okay, interesting. <laughs> I haven't been following him on Twitter, so I didn't hear about that one. But So he never stopped the fight, though, so big R.I.P. to Larry Flynn. And you're right, though, honestly, like the porn stuff will overshadow in a silly way here on this comedy podcast. But honestly, like the pursuit of uh, you know freedom of speech that he fought for during all, the whole porn is definitely a much larger issue in society. And Absolutely. Definitely he was on the right side of all of that in history. And uh, we thank him for, for us who say enough stupid, crazy shit and defend freedom of speech enough. He's a real champion and pioneer for Absolutely. that. So we definitely thank him and Absolutely. give him a big RIP. My cock now Correct. at full. Now my, now my cock fully stiff in honor of uh, Larry Oh, Flint, mine, so. <laughs> mine was at half until I bring up our next RIP. At 94 years old, we lost Cloris Leachman. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing follows uh, Larry Flint like uh, America's sweetheart, Cloris Leachman. Well, I'm sure, honestly, like back in the 70s, these three probably were at a sick Hollywood party together. Larry Flint, Larry King, (laughs) and and Cloris Leachman doing blow with fucking uh, uh, Charlie Sheen's dad. You know what I mean? Fucking Very true. Very true. (laughs) Cloris Leachman dies in 94. She died of uh, natural causes, old age in her sleep. And, uh, you know, probably best known for the Mary Tyler Moore show, but she was an Oscar winner for the last picture show. Probably the first yeah. thing I ever saw her in was uh, Malcolm in the Middle. I was going to say, for the uh, younger geeks out there, she's the grandma for Malcolm in the Middle, of course. <laughs> but uh, Young yeah. Frankenstein and some uh, of, of the uh, Mel Brooks stuff. But, yeah, definitely last picture show, I'd say, would be the uh... – Cloris Leachman is also one of those things where uh, A.H. came out of the room with, like – Aw, Cloris Leachman died. It was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, wasn't she like a <laughs> hundred? Like, yeah, no, I think we can put her in the. I don't know if we've given a name for the category of people that were shocked didn't die ten years ago. The Shirley but, Temple, the, the or, Shirley, yeah, the Shirley <laughs> Temple Award. The Shirley Temple Award, yeah. Uh, I, I, I could definitely throw Cloris Leachman in. Like, hmm, all right, I guess that's a. Uh, I'm happy she made it until fucking, you know. Honestly, right behind, dude, I'll say, and dipping into the big old W sportscast, but uh, Tommy Lasorda, fucking 93 years old. It was like, all right, yeah. Yeah, good run for Tommy Lasorda. 
dead forever? So you, when he was drinking Slim Fast, he was like 75? <laughs> if I'm doing my math right? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> How is this? Even younger than that, I guess, what did you say, 93? I guess when he was in like his fucking 60s, but... He so, was still like an older man. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... But, uh, uh, yeah, I'm I mean, 37 for... and I've given up, dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> Lasorda, he has a couple of epic you can YouTube, like hilarious rants in post-game press conferences, ripping on interviews. He, and... He's also like one of the longest like running managers of a team, though, right? If I'm not mistaken. Uh, was he, was, like, I don't know Dodgers if that's a good... Like, that that definitely makes years. sense. He was with the Dodgers forever. He's super, super synonymous with the Dodgers franchise. I'm sure he was with that and, franchise in total for probably, you know, 50 years in some capacity as a representative. But And he's definitely super known for with that uh, franchise. But he, I'd say as well, is somebody that really, especially in the 90s with the Slim Fast and all this stuff, but really crossed over out of sports. Like 25 years with the Dodgers, sure. But this Slim Fast <laughs> Sorry, I can't stress it. Like, but look honestly, at Liam now. Anybody that knows Liam from Jersey, look at him now. <laughs> But honestly, the, <laughs> but honestly, didn't he uh, uh, really cross over into the pop culture world more so than any other like baseball manager over the last fucking thirty years or fifty years or whatever? Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, I'll leave the sports thing for you. <laughs> no, but I mean, honestly, if he popped up in The Simpsons or like you know, Married to the Children, like he was just one of those faces that would pop up in to sitcoms and stuff like that. You know, for sure, for sure, for sure. Like you, like there's uh, there's been throughout his 25 years as a manager, whatever. There's how many managers for all the other uh, for all the other teams? None of them popped up on fucking sitcoms or whatever, you know. Like so, Lasorda, I'd say, has more of a like Hank Aaron set the home run record, a sports legend, like an absolute icon of sports, passed away this year. He's got no relevance to the geek world. He was never on fucking Boy Meets World or anything like that. Like Tommy Lasorda was just one of those guys where that's very true. You know, very true. Really, really. And I guess we should talk Hank Aaron real fast. Yeah, I mean, you I are guess right. So. You are right. R.I.P. Hank Aaron. <laughs> yeah, R.I.P. Hank Aaron died. for sure. Hit the set the home run record. You know, a civil rights he pioneer died for sure. And in our list, the funniest age, eighty six. Of uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he thinks Leon again, Spinks, me if big I'm butt. wrong. What's up? Wasn't he like he he didn't set the record for most home runs, but he set it for like. He would know him for hit like what, like twenty something a season, like consistently, like right? Am I wrong in saying this? Yeah, like, he was for like definitely, years. He would hit like at least twenty, twenty five. He home did runs hit season. the most ever. He ended up with like seven hundred and forty six or whatever the exact number was, uh-huh. seven hundred and fifty six, I think. But uh, you're right. He never. What, uh, he was never like Maris or Mantle with a 61 in a season, and he did play for a long, long time from starting in the 60s, I'd say, until the 80s, you know, when he uh, uh, finally retired. But uh, so definitely had like a real long career of much more sustained, you know, like you said, 25 homers or 30 homers. But he did is definitely like known for having the all time record. Bonds eventually broke the home run record, but since uh, Aaron was not on steroids, a lot of people still regard yeah. him as like the home run king, you know, since everybody else has the asterisks next to him. But he, uh, you're right though, for somebody, he's like the home run king because he hit the most, but he never hit like the most in a season or anything like that. So. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha, gotcha. And I think and he as I... well as like uh, was with the same franchise, the Brew, uh, the Braves from I think their time with Milwaukee to Atlanta. But he's really synonymous with that franchise being in two different cities because they moved. But uh, 
you know, he's another like right. legend, you know, a local legend, I'm sure, as sports RIPs are a lot more local, you know. You ready for a great segue? Speaking of somebody else that was known for a lot of legendary hits, R.I.P. Uh, Phil Spector. Oh, nice. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I don't I know if he has 756, most, but he... Uh, I think his most legendary nice. hit was the uh, gunshot he got right between that poor girl's head. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, that really, I guess, is what he's... Uh, most much like Tommy Lasorda and Slimfest, what he's most synonymous with would be the murder <laughs> late in life, going to jail, kind of overshadowing the whole "let it be" controversy. But correct, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's kind but of his yeah, other place in music is kind uh, of like a controversial place with the Beatles because they none of them really liked the whole way that uh, "let it be" turned out. And then Phil Spector was the one that eventually released it. And Paul McCartney hated it. So he like the whole big falling out with the Beatles, I feel, is his for me, like his main musical connection. And then like you said, yeah, you're right, then he fucking shot I mean, some chicks. So. A restaurant that you and I both used to work at together, um his ex wife or like his ex victim used to come in there. Fucking Ronnie Spector. Yeah, yeah. Remember that? And uh that's really got me to look it up. He used to like hold her into a coffin and be like, if you ever leave me, I'll kill you. She literally like <laughs> broke out of his house by like breaking out of a window. They were married, but like broke out of a window and like had to like run away. It was like, Jesus Christ, that guy was crazy. But interesting. Also, you know. See, again, yeah, I yeah. didn't know that either. I thought that like, cause that happened when we were, when we were, uh, young and it was who the hell yeah, cared yeah. who Phil Spector was when that happened. So it was kind of just like living my whole life well, in the, the shadow of I, that it did happen. But that's the only reason I bring up the Ronnie Spector, uh, like where we used to work thing, is because like it brought me down that deep dive. And then of course that Al Pacino movie came out where he played Phil Spector, dude. <laughs> and if you ever saw that, I remember watching that actually. I don't know why I watched it, but it was the narrative was very much like the girl shot herself in the head in his apartment. Like, really? It wasn't like maybe he didn't or didn't. It was just like, damn, Al Pacino <laughs> and Helen Mirren were definitely friends with Phil Spector. <laughs> like, Interesting. But it was like bullshit, dude. That guy shot her in the face. I mean, this story kind of can help get us into our next segment, maybe. Do we have any RIPs? Because this is uh, reminiscent got- of the. Reminiscent of another thing that's in the news today. So we'll or, get there in know. a second, but we do have one more RIP. And I think in the first oh, yeah, time in Geeked Up history where we've done our almost RIPs, everybody's called through or hasn't died yet. But in our <laughs> first ever called it almost RIP from literally an episode or two ago, RIP Dustin Diamond, a.k.a. Screech Powers, dead at 44 from stage four lung cancer, man. Which is kind of fucking crazy because the story that we were telling a couple episodes ago was that he just walked in feeling weird. Like he was fainting and was like, I don't feel right. And they're like, dude, you got cancer and then died. Yeah, but I mean, I think we I mean, we talked about it last week when we, uh, you know, when I believe you gave the grave prediction, but it was pretty bad fucking, it was a pretty bad diagnosis for old Screech, you know what I mean? Like, you got the feeling that he was fucking knocking to uh that he was in rough shape you know what i mean so which can happen with cancer you know what i mean it's uh yeah. it just happens that quick within like a weeks or months 
It goes to my whole thing of if you never go to the doctor, you'll never drop dead of cancer. <laughs> I can pour screech went there one day. <laughs> a couple weeks later. But yeah, we did. <laughs> I guess, unfortunately, we did jump the gun with a lot of our screech RIP love and the soon to be yeah. RIP love. So uh, uh, go back to last episode and listen for our heartfelt thoughts on screech. Uh, uh, and, and spoiler alert, maybe again later this episode, but for our heartfelt thoughts on Screech, uh, Devin, right. of course, meeting him at the St. Mark's Theater, refusing to get the porn sign, the Screech, the one night in Screech porn sign. So all of that gets covered. Uh, uh, but Screech, definitely right. a legendary you know, figure in our lives with Saved by the Bell really being like the, you know, one of the two or three favorite shows of my entire childhood. And Screech being one of the real runaway uh, relics of the 90s from that show. Absolutely, absolutely. Like, there are a few things and, uh, that say my childhood more than Screech. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, an 8 by 10 of Screech is, a, sadly enough, burns. a large part of my life. One of the deepest burns of my life, and I might have even said this on air before, was I bought, like, these pants from, like, maybe Kmart. And I thought they were cool in, like, fourth or fifth grade. And literally, like, walked in the classroom. And the first thing, my friend was just like, what are you, Screech? And I was like, <laughs> fucking crush, dude. I was like, dude, that guy just fucking dunked on me. Yeah, dude. I'm just like, like run home right there. I change <laughs> right, there, right, right then and there. Oh, it's time to fake a stomach again, baby. <laughs> but, you know, it's time to get, I mean, we got pretty dark there. That was a uh, pretty significant RIP list there. So uh, we do have some current events. And it is going to start on a little darker Me Too note. But I want to sneak this one in in current events, in ultimate current events, because I have maybe one of the number one guys on the internet in most current events. And I'm throwing out there the, uh, the old cat lawyer who was an early nomination for uh, Geeked Up Man of the Year here, all right? Before we get into, like, the most current events is, if you guys haven't seen it out there, there's a video, and again, it almost seems fake, but there's a video of, like, a lawyer Zoom call and the one dope with the Hank Hill voice has just a kitten face going on. Yeah, the kitten filter gets stuck. <laughs> so we're giving him we're giving him an early nod for the uh, early geeked up man of the year nom for the early hilarious court proceedings year, with his kitten face filter on. It's just, uh, <laughs> dude, that guy is the best. Yeah, that's uh, an guy, epic video has, for sure. If you haven't seen it, just like again, the guy sounds just like Hank Hill, and again, he ends it with like, "I'm telling you, I'm live right now. I'm not a cat." <laughs> that's what you think the internet says different my friend <laughs> you are officially now cat lawyer and you're right i guess uh, uh and i guess just a quick update on our first geeked up man of the year was uh, the of course horns guy who's done a great face turn turning on trump and now like uh, uh a he's stuck with his like hunger strike for organic food but now from what i understand is like all in anti-trump so fuck yeah. yeah this guy just gets better and better with like the by the day so uh, uh early yeah. favorite for even a uh, uh, uh running slightly ahead of cat lawyer for geeked up man of the year nom is fucking horns guy and don't worry, if you keep listening, there might be another guy in this episode that might be an early nom, but it's not going to be the next guy we talk about, because now here's coming a uh, very, very new popular segment, the Geeked Up Podcast, our hashtag Me Too segment. And, uh... <laughs> not that we, we didn't do anything wrong, all right? It's uh, our commenting on <laughs> others, all right? We, uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't do shit. In fact, we're going to keep throwing Don't get us caught up in the, the Me Too movement, all right? Don't, ha- don't hashtag Me Too Geeked Up Boys, because... 
And uh, I guess I just want to say, in the first one that we're going to talk about is uh, the hashtag what took so long moment. And, of course, we're talking about Marilyn Manson. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, dude, you, you read the shit. Because Evan Rachel Wood, for years, of course, you know her from uh, Westworld and True Blood. She plays Dolores on uh, Westworld. Yep. Um, but she has, for years, alluded to somebody that she was in a relationship with a long time who would, like, would rape her and torture her and tell her terrible things. And everyone was like, oh, it's Marilyn Manson? It's Marilyn Manson? <laughs> oh, you mean Marilyn years, Manson, right? <laughs> and you were engaged to him to say Marilyn Manson? And she's uh, finally come out and broke the silence. And, yeah, it was Marilyn Manson. <laughs> it turned out it was, it was Paul from the Wonder Years all along. In a big <laughs> twist on the whole situation. It was not me. It was happening to be Paul from the Wonder Years. It was... Again, the at the focal point of my favorite uh, rumor of all time was that Paul from the Wonder Years turned out to be Marilyn Manson. But I digress. But yeah, no, you're right. This is definitely in like least Paul. surprising news of all time. Oh wait, Marilyn Manson's a fucking creepy weirdo. Wait, like that's a yeah, that's a shock. and dude, like but, everything in it too just like seemed like uh, things Marilyn Manson would do. Is like oh he would tie me up and then when he was having sex with me he said he wanted to like beat me with a meat cleaver then he would bite me it was like <laughs> yeah yeah so like exactly what i imagined sex with marilyn manson would be like marilyn manson's so like, dead to rights like trying to fucking deny any of these accusations most believable and i guess part of the other big story though is like now lots of chicks have come out lots of women i should say should use a yeah, less misogynistic uh, way of uh, well, but lots of different us, buddy <laughs> yeah lots of different women have come out uh i'd say like up to close to like 10 i think i you know in total a lot but... of women a lot of women have come out to and a lot of it like and again we shouldn't be joking but like a lot of it is kind of things like the evan rachel wood was like kind of tortured as like but they were engaged but there's also women coming out saying rape and like actual like beating and biting Marilyn manson's album has more or less been canceled he's uh appearances on american gods have been canceled yeah, but which I guess that was, like, the most surprising news to me, like we said, with, and again, with all respect to the women, but, like, wasn't surprised that Manson, that Marilyn Manson was a fucking creepy weirdo, was surprised that he had an album coming out, or was still yeah. getting, like, young fucking, you know, uh, uh, a swimsuit model pussy for being Marilyn Manson in the year 2020. Like, I, well, I thought I that even, he... I would even say, too, that, like, Marilyn Manson, for our generation, also is just, like, my mom, I think, started censoring MTV kind of like parents in like the 80s did or like the 90s just by seeing like that first Marilyn Manson video. You know what I mean? Yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. There was that Annie Lennox song my mom loved. It was like, <laughs> For oh, sure. is this a remake? And it was just like, ah. <laughs> no he was just straight up known for being a creepy weirdo that was his whole thing and he had uh, a couple you know pushing the boundaries of uh, even like freedom of speech and whatnot but definitely pushing the boundaries of like decency late 90s early 2000s style coming off of like the backstreet boys and in sync and that whole kind of you know uh, a boy Dude, band mean, really pop culture kind of thing but i always felt life. marilyn manson though was so fake and he just reminded me so much of of like uh, uh, Alice Cooper from Wayne's World, where like the whole backstage scene where he was all like articulate and nice, like that was exactly what fucking Marilyn Manson was, and he just like went to record labels as fucking with yeah. like his and makeup like, off. Yeah. And he's like, hey, his like I'm not one of these is, weirdo fans. Like, his believe real me, name is, gonna... is Brian like Turner. All right, so, yeah. Like, how scary is Brian Turner? But he but always he... just seemed to me like such a character of a goth fucking you know uh, uh, creep and whatnot. 
But definitely not surprised that he was like living 100%. out his sexual fantasies with fucking no, you know all sorts I, of chicks. But honestly, like you said though, it's some of them, and it's stuff from just you know uh, or, or stuff from as severe I should say as like rape and you know torture fantasies to like other you know uh, long term relationship psychological abuse kind of situations mm-hmm. to other just like you know he uh, uh, I think it was Freebie Bridges one of like a folk singer he like you know yeah, put yeah, a, yeah. a camera up her skirt and just other kind of like inappropriate fratty boy kind of more uh, inappropriate behavior so pretty much just from like all spectrums all levels of being like a creepy douche he's been uh, uh, at correct. least accused of on all accounts you know uh, my biggest question though uh, like I texted you the first thing I texted you but uh, 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 Rose McGowan's thoughts after all yeah, of these right? uh, like I, I'm kind of heartbroken that he's not still with Rose McGowan honestly like I, I'm out of the loop on Marilyn Manson's life so I just I figured mean, that they were like still together going strong cutting each other and doing whatever weird <laughs> shit they were into you know what I mean because they seemed like talk about a couple that was fucking perfect together Rose McGowan and Manson I think the only person that's more upset about Marilyn Manson and Rose McGowan not being together is Marilyn Manson and Rose Rose McGowan. Because <laughs> I know, but honestly, has she given her thoughts though? Because she was in a public relationship, but they're like, like all, like she at least now. I feel at this point, and I don't know what's going on with her because she, she's been out of the public spotlight. I think for a long time, you know, at least from a, from my perspective, has she done anything? Like, has she been in a movie or anything anytime recently? Rose McGowan. No, she but got uh, booed. What's up? She got booed by a trans woman at uh, Barnes and Nobles. Okay, interesting. <laughs> but at this point, I feel like you kind of have to say something if you were in a public yeah. relationship with Mar- with Marilyn Manson with all these accusations. You at least have to. I think the one lady, one uh, woman, did come out and say like, "Hey, this is different than the Marilyn Manson that I was in a relationship with." That kind of she's like, "I stand by all of the accusers. I believe them, but this is like different than what I saw in my relationship with him." Yeah. That was what one of his ex ex you know girlfriends said or ex fiance even my said, brian would never do that yeah i mean i feel like you are maybe covering your own tracks a little bit in that situation but i feel like you have to if you're a public figure you have to come out and at least comment on your relationship with this guy that's being accused of doing all these things by all these women you know but but surprised well, I mean, that he was dating like a hot chick from a fucking super successful smash hit show and not fucking rose mcgowan still because <laughs> and a little disappointed i feel like that was a. Uh, that was that was well, a couple I mean, from the '90s that I was hoping made it. That's not even the craziest thing, because the craziest thing about all this, and kind of like what we were joking around about, is that Marilyn Manson. And like, this is all like, oh yeah, of course Marilyn Manson would do that. But on the other side of that coin is uh, Army Hammer was doing all the same shit. <laughs> yes. And in you a person I mean? whose name is equally as fake <laughs> as Marilyn Manson, but who's way more surprising than <laughs> Dude, you know that there's one, no way that's a real that's fucking name. Not a fake but... <laughs> name, and two, he does come from the Arm and Hammer family. Like he's like a trust fund kid from Arm and Hammer. But no they're from fucking the... So, yes, from Arm the Arm and Hammer, he... that's like his Yes. So his Arm and Hammer is, is actually Hammer. from like the last name is Hammer. It's not from the fucking logo of a hammer knocking down from the arm. <laughs> no, dude. What is the fucking name? <laughs> okay, that's it, interesting. Uh, but so uh, they they claimed that that's his real name. I'm I'm still highly skeptical. But anyway, well, it makes back more, to the so real sense, story. More sense about the guy then, because you realize that he's not really like an actor that made it from the top. He's just this billionaire trust fund kid. Like, oh, you know what? I want to be an actor now. 
pretty good looking. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah. And I, you know what I mean? No, I'm good call. If hammer, you want to talk about do whatever the, I want. Yeah, for sure. Like the depravity of power and whatnot. I'm sure that fucking, yeah, the, I'm sure most of the heirs to the various, like, major corporations have done fucking inc- insanely horrible things to chicks throughout their right. whole lives. And in that aspect, of course that dude ate somebody. <laughs> from the 1%. Now what exactly? Yeah, exactly. So now, what exactly are the accusations of his uh, uh, cannibalism, though? Because guess, like that's like, like the real hot, uh, you know, hot button, you know, uh, uh, headline to the story. Thing. And I don't really know because I know he's been dropped from movies. He's been dropped by like his agency. I don't really know exactly like, what the abuse uh, allegations are, but I do know like a lot of things that he was kind of like sending unwanted text messages. People are coming out. A lot of his private messages got brought out. Yeah, and no, for sure. From the middle of it is is that he was just like, oh, god damn, I just want to, like, take a bite out of you. Fuck yeah, I'm a cannibal. Like, I just want to eat you. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, fat moms want to do with little chubby babies. <laughs> like, want to eat them yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. No, exactly. And I think that, like you said, not to make light of this, because there is this goes hand-in-hand hand with other, like, much more solid abuse kind of things and different, you know, uh, uh, like, actual horrible things that he's done. But he did, just to clarify, he didn't actually, like, fucking eat anybody, right? There was no, like, placenta-eating ceremony or anything no, no, like no, that no, that no. he's been, you know, accused no, what of. Is the, what is it, the Clinton's backyard? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I fucking, you know, like you said, he's a but one maybe, percenter. I wouldn't be surprised. But, like, maybe. so I was just getting clear that that was at least... The story did not involve any, like, you actual accusation about, uh, of cannibalism or, like, forced cannibalism, and it's more of a uh, No, him. it's just, like, the one of the messages that came out, he was just like, God damn, I want to, like, take a bite out of you, cook you up at, like, 350. Yeah, 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 for sure. Over, and then, like, gobble you up, and she's like, what are you, a cannibal? He's like, I'm actually a cannibal. <laughs> I eat people. And, I, you know, I want to be crazy about it. My whole theory that I've always told you, maybe even on air, about uh, conspiracy theories. I don't believe any of them. I want them to all be true. It's <laughs> a good stance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't believe in one of them, but I am really the first one to be like, fuck yes, if <laughs> any of them turn out to be true. Yeah. I want them all to be true. <laughs> I don't believe any of them to be true, but definitely rooting for them. <laughs> oh, fingers crossed. Every one. <laughs> yeah. Every one of them is true. And I guess, uh, you know, Speaking of Army Hammer and things that uh, maybe don't make sense to us, we're going to bring this one because it's geeked up kind of style. And for the first time ever, we have two finance stories in the geeked world. All right? I mean, in video game news, I'm kind of going with here. Uh... Yeah, and exactly. <laughs> I think everybody's been waiting for us. You know, we get asked on the streets, what is our thoughts? Everybody's looking for the, the geeked uh... up boys take on. Uh... But the GameStop news is wild as hell. And. It's one of those things where like, I don't invest. I don't really get the stock market. Liam, I don't know about you, but uh... I mean, I've got a pretty diverse portfolio. I'm more <laughs> of a, uh, I, I like to delve in the futures market more than anything. But <laughs> okay, if I didn't need money, was... I might have a fucking stock. But <laughs> the biggest thing that's keeping me out of the stock market is fucking the same thing that's keeping me from paying rent fucking half the months. But but the GameStop is what it is. It's one of those dead businesses that, as a gamer, dude, I would love to go to GameStop. We would never trade any of my games, but I would use for, like, free used games. GameStop, one of the best. GameStop, one of the most obsolete stores in the world now. You know what I mean? 
Yes. Just uh, uh, right behind I mean, Blockbuster game. comes GameStop. <laughs> I mean, yeah, to some extent, yeah, I mean, no, everything's I mean, digital now. Yeah, 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 hundred percent though, because even games are digital now. It's just we sell them on the thing. Even if you want to do trading, you can go on like Amazon. I mean, Google, I will say uh, that you know, just on that note of on their like dying business, they they had a great business model of hey, let me sell a video game for fifty bucks, and then if you want to fucking sell it back, I'll give you t- uh, ten cents. For a fucking brand new video game. It's like, how are they not printing money from that fucking... Well, let's keep in mind, too, like, unlike Blockbuster, GameStops are still in business. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, I mean? no, like, for sure. As of recording, like, they're still, like, yeah, no, for sure. PS5s and Xbox One Series Xs for, like, 120. Like, yeah, no, no. Buck 20 for Like, every but mall in America still... has a GameStop paying rent in it, so... For sure. But they are a dying business. But that's at least... Now, here's where I get a little confused on it, but here's what I understand is that there's a thing in stocks where, like, big investors will predict a dying stock, okay? They'll be like, it's almost like gambling. Being like, look, dude, you're going to bet on these guys to lose, okay? And that's where, like, a lot of, like, the rich elite will put money into this thing failing, okay? Yeah. And it was kind of just, like, one of those things that that's what they announced online. They're like, dude, this, I think, like, this company or, like, maybe this particular guy. But they were like, dude, this is a dying stock. Get rid of it. And then the it was nerd... Michael Kramer, the mad money guy, got this whole fucking thing going. He got that Dang. whole ship rolling. <laughs> it was the asshole but, that uh, wears the, the uh, uh, question mark suit. He's the fucking, he's to blame for this. <laughs> so from what I understand, then, that a lot of, like, the big fucking investors, the fucking 1%, all were, like, going to make money off of GameStop betting on a failing stock. It's one of those things that you can just do. But a lot of nerds on Reddit, like that understand stocks unlike myself but being having a love and like a thing for GameStop almost like it's too bad to tell in the blockbuster they manipulate the stock market where they're like everyone dude like everybody buy GameStop GameStop stocks are now worth like 0.01 of a cent fucking buy them up dude and (laughs) they like literally manipulated the market so now when these people were betting on this this stock to drop down for GameStop it was actually shooting up so now these big investors who have to like were like selling all their stocks and like betting against it now had to like pay and again this is what I don't understand had to like pay like on the dollar difference where like it made it like they're selling for like five hundred grand now to get back in it's gonna be like one point five million to save their five hundred grand and it just fucked everything a lot of people were doing this on the Robinhood stock and this just tells you that like what it really shows though is unfair how unfair the stock market is. Because what happened is that, like, and again, it's kind of like the OK Boomers fucking, like, the fucking Boomer generation didn't really understand what was happening. It was like, wait, what is Reddit? And they literally shut <laughs> yeah. down, like, Robinhood.com. Like, Pelosi was talking about it in, like, Senate. being like, I mean, we're going to take a look at it. We don't really get it. It was like, no, dude, every fucking buddy gets it. Yeah, You yeah. guys are now, like, shitting. Like, it couldn't be more of a uh, prevalent thing, from my understanding, I guess. You know what I mean? Yes. I could be dead wrong, but, like, it couldn't be more prevalent, like, the 1% shitting on, like, the 99% of just, like, oh, fuck, you're fucking us. Like, stop. Stop the presses. Yeah. Stop everything. You know what I mean? I mean, I definitely don't really know enough about the whole situation to really give any type of real, you know, analysts on the whole situation. But, yeah, it definitely seems. <laughs> As it, like, it hasn't stopped me yet, myself, however. Uh... I was guessing. That was, like, a 50-50, like, <laughs> yeah. am I right? I think that's what you were John hoping Oliver that I jumped in and I never did. Yeah, did you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was looking for a thumbs up there. But. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't, I can't, I can, I can't really confirm nor deny. I'm waiting for what an email now to said, be like, but... everything Devin just said was complete nonsense. 
<laughs> I fucking clicked on the headline, and then I just started <laughs> yeah. looking up video games on GameStop, and I got I got sidetracked by GameStop inventory, <laughs> and fucking didn't read the rest of the article. But uh, it's yeah, breaking news. Sounds... Liam's got a Nintendo Switch coming his way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm fucking helping out the cause in the other way. But yeah, no. I mean, basically, I think that you know uh, the gist of the idea is. That the, like you said, the 99 percenters, but, or, or the video game nerds, as I like to call them, but all got together and rallied around the hedge fund executives betting on GameStop to lose. And they, like, manipulated the stop and kind of just, like, showing the people can have the power to actually impact and manipulate the stock market on a major level. And the fact that they cost all of those hedge fund executives millions of dollars, they just shut down this day trading site, from my understanding, which seems like, you know... I don't totally, I don't exactly get it, and I don't know. I know that there's obviously laws about conspiring to sell stocks. Like I think it's illegal for stockbrokers to all say, "Hey, let's all sell the stock at once and make a lot of money on it." So I guess it'd be illegal for all of the people to gather around on like an internet site to do that same, you know, school of thought. I suppose I don't really know, but I don't know how you could just shut down the the site where it all happens at because it happens. It feels like that's definitely a baby boomer not really getting what's going on and just their immediate reaction is just shut down well, the site where they're trading on. Like like, me. We can't let these exactly. internet nerds manipulate our economy. Shut down the site where it seems just like, no, it you really can't let these like internet uh, nerds do it. Correct. It really seems like they're like, shut down the site so like we can figure out the rule that says they can't do that. All right. They're not allowed to uh, all group up and say they're going to bet on it. <laughs> but like, they just couldn't do it in time. Like it would just fuck. I think there was like something like one point three billion dollars like lost by like the one percent because of just like these hilarious fucking Reddit. Yeah, news. yeah. And kind of the same thing going on right now with Dogecoin, with is the uh, same. I think from what I understand, the same fucking Reddit nerd again. This is something I don't really get a lot about. But the cryptocurrency, like Bitcoin, was a cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency seems like one of those things that a lot of people are betting on is going to be the new currency. I know Bitcoin was one of those stocks that would like shoot up and then like the one day would shoot down and shoot up and shoot down. It's really one of those things that like nobody really gets it. And Dogecoin kind of started as if you know, the Doge meme of the dog who's just like doing that sideways glance face. It started kind of as a joke of this, like, oh, we're going to do Dogecoin. And enough, like, Reddit fucking geeks kind of invested in it and made it happen. And then the next thing you know, you got, like, Elon Musk, Mark Cuban. Yeah. uh, Which Elon Musk is all you need, honestly, because currency has always been a weird thing, even with America. Cuban's rolling in the billions. Yeah, no, for sure. But, I mean, Elon Musk is on, like, the next level of thought. Like, if he's saying that this is going to be a successful you know, it, uh, uh, like the future way that the future trend of the currency, I fucking believe him. I believe Elon Musk on the way Elon more Musk than any government uh, agent, you know, invested in like geeked up coin and like every other. Well, coin. That's the thing about currency though. If we all, especially on a global level, because be... right now, like on international jobs and stuff, people do get paid in cryptocurrency and on a global level, if we decide that this currency now has value, then it now has value. If we decide Correct, that it does not have value, 100%. it does not have value. And it's the same thing with like all of our individual currencies as as you know as countries. Absolutely. <laughs> if the hackers, I watched the thing that was speaking conspiracy theories where if like hackers just decided to like wipe bank accounts, I have nothing tangible that says I have eleven dollars in my bank account. The next thing you know, yeah, yeah, I'm exactly, losing this eleven dollars yeah. because yeah, no, my for bank sure. account says zero. And it's more or less, you're right. You know, currency is very like a theoretical, you know, gold. Like you have a bar of gold and that's theoretically worth something. 
But I mean, if nobody fucking values gold anymore, you know what I mean? It's just like a, a, a post-apocalypse. Your your hunk of gold isn't going to be worth shit compared to fuel Mad Max style. You know what I mean? So it's like currency is all in the eye of the beholder. So if you know the especially when billionaires and people like Elon Musk, real influential people. Are, are saying that cryptocurrency is like the next trend that's definitely the first you know stage of it becoming the next trend and if as a global level we all decide that cryptocurrency right. and that's like another way to con- like a global connection you know what i mean that we can uh, uh, and especially people like Elon Musk that would stand to benefit economically if the entire globe was under one sort of you know economical system that'd be a lot easier for elon musk to make money off of everybody on the globe which i feel is you know we're heading in a global direction along, uh, in the world no, absolutely. one global government you know what i mean potentially eventually but you know what i mean that's the direction that's a direction and with the pandemic and all that kind of stuff i feel it's highlighted that we need a little bit more of a global connection and we need you know more especially with the impending alien invasion of course but i mean just in general you know like <laughs> but just in general uh, the world is trending i feel more global and a global economy through cryptocurrency definitely makes a lot of sense to me and if elon musk is saying that it's fucking Correct. you know well like i'm saying elon musk is also invested i think in bitcoin and everything it's the obvious way that you like you're saying is it's going to go but there's a lot of like who's not to say like i said like geeks coin won't be the new thing that they all invest in and like yeah, yeah i wouldn't say pour your money into dogecoin yet this could be the new one but um uh, and things we do understand more, though, in current news. The Super Bowl was just last Sunday. <laughs> Come on. It's the Super Bowl, baby. Uh, Ron Berman's jumping up and down right now. Old, uh, <laughs> Ron flipping out because Tampa Bay Buccaneers starring Tom Brady beats uh, Kansas City 31-9. to uh, I mean, we're clearly going to be focusing more on the commercials here on this show, though, because, uh, like you said, it's the Geeked Up podcast, and uh, good for Tom Brady. Congratulations. Da, 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 da. I guess about uh, uh, old Ron Berman and Boston Ronnie, but what did you uh, feel, I guess, just one like ratings note for the Super Bowl, but the ratings were down overall. It was like, one of the worst-rated Super Bowls in the last 15 years, which I thought was kind of surprising just since there's nothing else going on in the world, no other fucking options, no movies to go see. But uh, the ratings on a local level were higher in Boston than they were in Tampa Bay, which is interesting. That blows like my the mind. Uh, Kansas City obviously had the first, you know, had the highest ratings, and then you'd figure the second, the city with the second highest ratings would be Tampa Bay, the other team playing in the Super Bowl. But the city by like a pretty significant margin, the city with the second highest ratings was actually Boston for the entire fucking city tuning in to watch Tom. And honestly, for me, that's surprising because as a big, you know, grew up a huge New York sports fan, you grew up a Philly sports fan for the most part. Are you telling me if one of like the players like McNabb left the Eagles on his own volition, like not got traded, but like left, maybe Iverson in Philly because he was beloved. But like if Jeter decided to leave the Yankees and went to another team, I don't know if the whole city would be fucking watching, rooting for him to win the Super Bowl. You know? No, I think you'd be calling him a traitor. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, and I definitely think if somebody left the Phillies and they fucking went to win a World Series with another team, I don't think everybody in Philly is going to be watching him fucking hoping that he wins. You know? Like if they get traded, it's a different story. If the team, like Piazza correct, correct. with the Mets, the team didn't want him. So when he came back, he was like, Everybody felt, you know, that uh, the Mets did him wrong, so they rooted for him. You know what I mean? But if 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 you leave on your own, I feel like you know you're sure, going to lose some guess, support. 
neither of us have been ever been rooting for a team though where the guy has won a six championship. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's a great After point. That, it's just that's like, a dude, great point. Do whatever you want. Like you use McNabb's example. The only thing that guy left us with was like, oh, so that's how overtime rules. Yeah, work. dude, I saw your face like, when right, I brought dude. up McNabb. You were immediately <laughs> just like, oh, wait a minute, I'm fucking, I'll bring up that piece. But uh, uh, you're right, dude. I guess I I didn't consider as as somebody that's fucking. I guess I mean Eli won two, and he could do no wrong in my book. But you're right. The uh, that's a good call. But in general, I find I found that interesting. Thing, especially with the Super Bowl in Tampa, you'd feel like every Tampa would be thing, watching. Though, but Boston is probably like fucking three or four or five times the size of Tampa. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah. So you're going to see. I bet statewide, fucking everyone in Florida was watching the Super Bowl versus like Massachusetts. Yeah, Citywide, yeah. sure, Boston had more views than Tampa. But yeah, like yeah. statewide, like the state of Florida. Hopefully. I don't know. I bet you all throughout Maine and New Hampshire. And Vermont, they were all watching sure. fucking Tommy. But you're but, talking like the city of... I mean, I don't know how they ever just calculate Boston. local ratings. I think it's probably like on an average per household or whatever the fuck anyway, sure. but... But before, like you said, too, like like I said, fucking Tampa Bay Buccaneers win their second Super Bowl. Tom Brady was just so good. 31 over 9. Blah, blah, blah. There was plenty of commercials to talk yeah. about. Yeah, really before burying the lead with the... The commercials, though, we got to talk about my personal... Third Geeked Up Man of the Year early nomination, but Yuri Andrade, <laughs> okay, better known nice. as Super Bowl Streaker. But then once you hear why he did it, it's just like, oh, dude, is this guy the biggest fucking genius in the world? <laughs> because he made a prop bet on like a Vegas fucking casino, 750 to 1, that there would be a streaker on the field. That's his claim. This is all, like, highly speculative. This is claim, dude. (laughs) This guy won $370,000 on that bet. Dude, I hope to God it's true. I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of hoping it's not true because if it is, that's like I feel like it's like I root for uh, because I I root for these just to be like organic nut jobs that were like with his buddies and like, dude, like I I would be rooting for it to be just on a solid dare with his buddies more so than fucking like a crafty way to gain 300. But as well, there's also rumors that he had a logo of like a podcast or a webcast on his like. <laughs> I don't think we were paying out 347, but there was like a logo that might have sponsored the whole thing, and that was another like rumors that they had paid him to do it. Like the people that like that like bathing suit that he was wearing, that like Borat style bathing suit, had a logo of a show on it, and people are saying that maybe they gave it to him because I feel like it would be highly illegal to place that bet. And then fucking go out and and make it happen. Like I feel like the well, sports book wouldn't like have a have a rough time paying up if you directly. I fucking believe what's it. happening now is this guy more or less is like the GameStop of streakers and uh, prop bets. Is because I believe now this sporting uh, betting site is now having to pay out the people who did bet on it honestly that there would be a streaker. Okay, I But see. then, like, paying people back that said there wouldn't be. Okay, but then also making sure this guy and his affiliates aren't getting money. It's okay, a whole fucking, like... So in that aspect alone... I mean, like, like it should honestly be... The prop market. Yeah, like, it's honestly... Is, uh, I, I think that, as well, I believe it to be a rumor because if it was... You could very you can very easily verify whether or not a bet of that large sum was made on a prop like that. Like, we find out about all the bets that get made. Like, that company would definitely be able to verify that there was a $75,000 bet on, on such a... Well, that's the thing. That's what they're saying. 
I mean, if this guy literally did it or not, or if it is like a legitimate bet, the site is already saying that there was like weird numbers with that certain bet of the, like the streaker bet. Okay, so it looks like they really did fuck with the uh, yeah, the yeah, betting yeah. Thing. But now they have to like. Maybe he was smart and just did it over like you know a whole lot of people as opposed to one lump sum, which would raise red flags, you know. So maybe he did, dude. Honestly, that would be uh, very, very an interesting twist. I mean, I would definitely be, yeah, yeah, for sure. I would still be happy with him. He's a geeked up man of the year, no matter what. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, geeked up man of the year, no no matter what. But really stealing the show in that fucking boring, shitty Super Bowl as well. And as well, how is there's fucking thirty five percent capacity in the stadium? And yet somebody fucking sneaks onto the field. <laughs> the security guard, the security couldn't handle fucking 35, uh, two weeks, a month after the Capitol, a fucking guy makes it all the way to the 50-yard line in the Super Bowl with 35% fucking uh, uh, fans in the crowd. Like, what the fuck? Dude, fantastic. I will say, too, about the 35% capacity, it really looked like to me that, like, the first 35 rows were packed to the fucking gills, and then a lot of those cutouts were in the nosebleed. Except, like, one dopamine up there, like, ooh, I paid yeah, five yeah. grand for this still. You guys like, smoking a rides, bowl up there, fucking... Uh... <laughs> looking at Ed Norton. Yeah. <laughs> but the fucking... The front rows didn't think they were social distancing at all. And I was surprised it was 35%. You know, Florida was like, no, dude, fill her up, baby. And the NFL yeah. was like, for face value, we can't do. <laughs> 100%. Yeah, yeah. We want to, but... Enough of the stupid game. Uh, let's get into some of these Super Bowl commercials, baby. And uh, a lot of geek, a lot of geek faves. Did you have any? Uh, uh, we already brought up the teaser about Costanza. That was really the highlight for me. I'd say that was because there's so many on that one, dude. The J- that funny enough, and I even uh, said it to AH. And I think I texted you during the commercial. Like I already ordered uh, Jason Alexander hoodies for you, me, and. Uh, Ani R, an old <laughs> Seinfeld Georgian fan, dude. That's amazing. But, dude, that commercial was great for so many reasons. One, Jason Alexander was at the end of it. He's like, kind of more or less doing a George. He's yeah, like, yeah. You can't wear my face. But the song playing in the background. Yeah, yeah, was, for uh, sure. Right out of a Seinfeld episode, but also was like the last, believe uh, it or not, or George like, yeah. isn't at home, <laughs> which was a total mind fuck when like when you actually heard that was a real song as somebody who yeah, exclusively yeah, yeah. associates that with the Seinfeld episode. Dude, the commercial was fantastic. Where could I be? I said to AH too, dude. Just like how many of these things are now like how much money money is tied? Because I believe it was a tied commercial. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Detergent. They just now made half a million dollars selling. This is going to be one of those situations like yeah. Viagra, where it's time to change the business model from selling bleach to selling uh, <laughs> uh, to selling J- Jason Alexander hoodies because Honestly, it's going to be way Alexander more profitable than fucking laundry detergent. If Jason Alexander had a good agent, he's like, dude, I'll do that commercial for industry standard and ten percent of like profits. You yeah, ten percent of said hoodies. Jason Alexander is now like Elon Musk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. That was definitely a favorite. Although uh, I'd say close second wasn't the hardest laugh I got all night, even harder than the uh, uh, Jason Alexander commercial, which was just sheer brilliance. But for me, the single isolated hardest laugh I had all night was the butthead she said crack 
fucking uh, literally text you immediately after. But uh, uh, the Beavis yeah, and yeah, Butthead yeah, like yeah. role in that. Uh, I think a universal streaming commercial, but with all sorts of different, you know, celebrities and characters from, you know, crossing movies and TV shows and all sorts of reality stars and everything all jumbled up in the same, you know, ongoing themed commercial with Butthead really stealing the show with that one. She said crap. <laughs> I do. Again, watching stuff like that, dude, it's so hard. I feel like a recovering addict, not to make light of that, but I feel so hard to like, like I've said before, maybe on this show, there was a good two years of my life where I would only talk in Beavis and Butthead voice. Okay. <laughs> we're like, I'd be like, oh, that's lame. <laughs> yeah, lame. <laughs> like, yeah. two years of my life. But I, I would say, and that was for, I think it was a commercial for Paramount Plus. And I was like, Jesus Christ, dude. Paramount now has its own streaming service. Yeah. But it turns out CBS All Access is turning into uh, oh, uh, interesting. Paramount okay. Plus. But. Say goodbye to local cable. Speaking of which, though, other like goodbyes. The Uber Eats uh, commercial about shopping local, local, but with uh, Wayne Campbell and Garth. Yes. With, uh, Cardi B, dude. That commercial to me made me laugh so hard because like it was stupid, dumb Wayne's world. But then when Cardi B was just like, oh, and Wayne just looks at the camera, he's like, all right. <laughs> Yeah, it, yeah. It was just like the funniest Wayne Campbell commercial. <laughs> just because, like, it just, it was so just relevant, prevalent of like how good Wayne's world still is. Like, oh, yeah, that's why it was so funny. Even though, like, Wayne, Mike Myers looks like a almost like a blown up balloon too far now, he fucking like still can do like the Wayne. Like, yeah, like, yeah. They're okay. both thrown, they're, they're, right. they're not looking great in the Wayne and Garth costumes, but they can, they can get I them on. The but they're not. Got it. <laughs> Uh, uh, another one, kind of a geeked up favorite, but uh, and I guess a shout out to Netta Raw, but the Will Ferrell Iceland Sweden commercial, like fresh out of Eurovision, uh, and Will Ferrell reprising his role as the fucking hilarious dude from Eurovision, but dude, and getting the countries wrong, he gets the countries wrong in that commercial. He's like, I'm in Sweden, they're like, you're in Norway. I was like, this felt like how I felt during the Eurovision. <laughs> yeah. Like, Annette, sorry, where are you from again? <laughs> <laughs> but that, that was, was a great one. Um, I would say that to me, and again, dude, like, it was one of those commercials that I think I would have thought was so much more funnier or just gave a shit about if I was in my 20s, but it was like the legends of Budweiser. And sure, like, some of the guys I forgot about, like, uh, Mr. Doing is something, man. Yeah, that guy was awesome. Dude. And the, uh, there's like, I love you, man. Still can't have my Budweiser. Yeah, yeah. Of course, there was the Knights, but dude, real missing thing was the Budweiser frogs of just like the Budweiser. <laughs> yeah, the, I mean, I the Budweiser, the frogs, Budweiser frogs. How about What's Up, guy? Was he on there? Was, oh, was What's Up? <laughs> and I think to me, dude, I think the reason they let the Budweiser frogs out. Because to me, I was like, saw that commercial and I was like, oh, dude, I just want to do the frogs, the fucking frogs. And I got over, I'm like, why no frogs? No and frogs, I kind of remembered that like the frogs were like the Joe Camel of Budweiser. Like I kind of remember in fifth grade of just like a kid walking into the classroom and being like, Budweiser frogs. Like, oh, fuck yeah. Dude. Yeah, yeah. Those frogs are the best. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. That was like bordering on them getting their own sitcom, the fucking Budweiser frogs. <laughs> like that was a, that was a fucking huge pop culture craze for sure r.i.p caveman geico show <laughs> but yeah dude 
I would say the one commercial. I guess there's one more. The Samuel L. Jackson uh, being like a uh, video game character yelling at everybody and then get eating by a shark at the end was very funny. I missed that one. Oh, uh, that was a good one. But the one commercial I think that we can all just universally as a country, and I think it, this commercial had the effect it was looking for, but not quite of what they thought, but it was red or blue, left or right, north or south. I think right in the middle, we all hated the fucking Bruce Springsteen. Commercial. Yes, that's such a good call. <laughs> it's unifying the country and what a douchey and, and the douche chills that we all got sitting through that Bruce commercial. In <laughs> like, the middle of the country, there's a chap. Yeah, dude, like how no, out no. of place. Bruce looked about as out of place wearing a, uh, wearing a cowboy hat as I would have looked wearing a cowboy hat. <laughs> Isn't he from Jersey? Isn't he a Jersey guy? Yeah, he's like Jersey's fucking like like uh, the proud boardwalk fucking representative. He like defines like like a, a factory, out of work factory yeah. blue collar culture. Not like fucking heartland of America running his hands through the dirt in an awkward cowboy hat. Uh you know, a, a blue collar America, but you're right. That had a extremely that had the same reaction that like all of those quarantine videos of the uh, celebrities singing Imagine and all of that shit. Oh. It was the exact same feeling of just like this disingenuous douche, <laughs> fucking. But uh, uh, especially with Bruce doing the whole meet in the middle when he's like so. You know, notoriously a big Democrat and a huge lefty, and you know what I mean? Like, he doesn't want to meet in the middle. What what half of your beliefs are you going to stop believing in? And what half of the the right-wing, you know, people's beliefs are you going to start believing in to meeting him in the middle? Or are you going to just fucking hope that all of them start to believe everything that you believe? Bruce Springsteen, to me, being, like, far on the left, is, like, finding out our friend of the show, Secret Agent Ronnie, is far to the left. I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> Mechanic, work in the factory, Bruce Springsteen doesn't yeah. like Trump. Jersey like, guy, Bruce Springsteen. About? <laughs> yeah, the commercial no, was so just so cheese. And it was famously, it was the first time Bruce Springsteen's ever made a Super Bowl commercial, or I think a commercial. And it was like, this is where you, uh, this has to be said. Well, oh, Bruce needs to make some money because his tickets aren't selling for $800 a pop on Broadway anymore. So he's struggling well, for cash. So it's time to... Uh... Breaking uh, just today, too, is that Jeep started pulling that video from the YouTube page because it turns out he had a DWI. Jeep were like, oh, dude, we don't want anything to do with... That's where they're saying they fucking are pulling the video, but they're pulling it because everybody yeah. in America fucking hates it. But I mean, Bruce is like the getting a DUI in Jersey. That's what that's what we call the Jersey driving test. Getting a DUI. That's fucking. uh, That's part of. That's. that's... Oh, is that what you guys call it? We had a different name for from Florida. It was called having a driver's license. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I mean, so Bruce enters the fine list of uh, of the geeked up boys that fucking. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the club, Bruce. We can meet in the middle, bro. Yeah, something we can all agree on, but. But I think the one commercial we can all agree on. And again, aired a little too early. I think they should have been aired around halftime show. But let's give it up for the Falcon Winter Soldier uh, uh, commercial, showing a little more scenes and getting a release date, obviously of uh, March nineteenth, which really is like right behind the end yeah. of WandaVision, which we'll talk about in a second. But uh, for right Disney around the corner Plus, as well, taking well over a year to get these Marvel shows out. Now they're like, all right, dude, look. We did so well with the Mandalorian. Now we got to fill the time between the Mandalorian yeah. 
we thought our Marvel shows were going to be the real thing, but now it turns out you guys all, all you guys love the Mandalorian so much, but Winter Soldier or Falcon Winter Soldier kind of looks to be more of like what Marvel's known for, more of an action series, more of a uh, yeah, more bang, traditional bang, than WandaVision for sure. You know, it looks like it's probably going to be more in the line of like a, you know, uh, six hour movie broken up over, you know, different episodes than it is going to be like a even Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or any of the other kind of sitcoms or any other kind of episodic shows we've seen from Marvel. Yeah. And it also looks like just like a sequel to Avengers. uh, Because you remember the very end of the Avengers, Chris Evans playing Captain America. He hands the shield to Falcon, and he's like, "All right, yep. well, you're the new Captain America now." And you see in the trailers that uh, Falcon's throwing the shield. Yeah. Winter Soldier, Bucky is also throwing the shield. But then you see somebody dressed up, and you're like, "This." You see somebody dressed up during the football scene, and then he's like dressed up as Captain America, and he's giving high fives. In the comics, that's U.S. Agent, and that's kind of what they're doing now. Is they're kind of like putting in that's the thing in this new show coming up that the government is putting in like a new Captain America that like they're picking and the guy's name is US agent but he's played by uh Wyatt Russell as you would know him as Kurt Russell's son is okay, now the nice. new uh, Captain America breakout role for Wyatt Russell fuck yeah <laughs> yeah dude okay nice so it just looks like a fucking awesome and That sounds like show. a cool character, like a government-appointed Captain America that then beefs with yeah. uh, the Falcon and Winter Soldier. And then eventually, yeah, it kind of turns, breaks yeah, bad. Yeah, of course. But, if he's a government person, of course, he's going to be... Yeah. <laughs> he's eventually going to be the, uh, the villain of the... <laughs> but, uh, you know, they definitely, like you said, it looks, uh, looks much more traditional MCU. My kind of concern is that, like, uh, just with Disney Plus now, they need... They're, like, at the... They're starving for content to fill up on all these things. So would this not just be a better off as a fucking, you know, hour and 45-minute, two-hour movie telling the story than a six-hour tale? Are they going to have to, like... Just fill up the, you know, they have to just fill up time in these episodes in order to make it just because they have to put something on Disney Plus. Like, is this any more logical as a series? You know, I do see it as a series. I do see it as a series, kind of like a building up to you. I mean, an hour and a half. And again, I think you are right. You could do like an hour 45, two hour movie. But I do like the series approach because, like, unlike kind of what you mentioned, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., now we're actually getting actors big movie actors being in these series that are run by yeah, Disney+. Yeah, yeah, for Plus, sure. Because I feel like they now have the money to throw at these series. Yeah, they yeah, do for sure. have, like, we spent half a billion dollars on uh, this series that I think I do, like, a good slow burner, and it might be kind of like a spy thriller, you know what I mean? I just feel like it's it's the same kind of the um, the same kind of uh, and my fear, obviously, because it hasn't come out yet. But one of the things that I didn't necessarily like about the Mandalorian, and I will talk about WandaVision, but I do like what they're doing with WandaVision, is that they just don't necessarily have enough time. Like you don't have ten hours worth of a story, so you have to just fill up the time a lot more. Let's get into WandaVision though for a second, because I would say that like I see your point with uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. With WandaVision, I can't see a world where this would be a movie. Like for to me, WandaVision only makes sense as a series. I feel yeah. like this one. I mean, I don't exactly know what the uh, ultimate like this as we talk about WandaVision, uh, and maybe we can just get into it now. But I yeah, don't. So we get into it now. Yeah, yeah. I don't really know uh, the characters 
backstories. I don't exactly know where this story's going. I at least know enough about what the MCU movies presented us about uh, about Falcon and Winter Soldier to kind of have like an idea of those characters. I don't really know as much about WandaVision and about Wanda and Vision as characters and where this story is ultimately going. So I just uh, uh, when I'm watching that series, I think that the you know whole unique sitcom angle is a great is a brilliant way to fill 100%. up the t- the extra time that they don't ha- uh, that they have trying to make it like a ten hour presentation as opposed to an hour and a half you know story because like whatever well, the story sure. arc that they because so far in wandavision like the trend is that there'll be 20 minutes of like goofy sitcom stuff and then the last five minutes will they'll shoehorn the entire like plot development for the episode well, and then of. episode four was like a pivotal you know episode, episode where four stuff was happens. really episode four was them really pulling the curtain back if you will whereas the it was first the space three balls episodes episode. it was basically <laughs> What was what? It was Sorry? the Spaceballs episode. They got to watch the movie taking place <laughs> yes. as it was going on. Yes, correct. <laughs> Great. Fantastic. Uh, you're right. The first three episodes really was just like, I like it. It kind of has like a Twilight Zone, maybe Lost, maybe, uh, what am I trying to think of? Uh, well, what, just like the confusing, like... Uh... like And the fact that you're just doing a show... And within like ten minutes of it, you forget that the main character has a big red sunburned face. You're like, oh yeah, it's yeah. just a silly well, show. I mean, it is a mutant show, but I mean, if you're not familiar, the presentation it's like an MCU show starring two Avengers, you know. Right. But the presentation around it is as like a sitcom. You know, it's like it's presented where they interact with each other and with all the characters as like a it started. The first episode was like a 1950s sitcom and the second was a 90s and they're crawling the airs. And then the one episode, they kind of break through to the parallel universe of contemporary people that are watching them. And now it's kind of coming to make a little bit more sense and all. But I just feel that the whole reason they're doing that angle is a brilliant way to to fill up the fucking because literally it's going to be what a 10 episode thing i guess it's only 30 minutes nine Nine episodes episodes. 30 minutes 40 minutes so we'll call it five hours in total four and a half five hours in in order to fill up the five hours for that you you know what i mean that you wouldn't put in the movie they feel they were clever to do this sitcom presentation to fill up some comic relief and give it like its unique kind of uh, uh uh feel that makes it more necessary to be a series as opposed to a standalone movie Whereas Correct. Falcon and Winter Soldier, I don't know if it necessarily has a reason to be a series and not just a movie. You know what I mean? Like, is it only Absolutely. being released as a series because it needs to be on Disney Plus because they need to put something on there? Where WandaVision, they made it make perfect sense to be a series, you know? Yeah, yeah, and you're right. So much like the Spaceballs effect where they literally are watching the show yeah, during... Yeah. During the show and narrating it, dude. And you're I right. The say... first couple episodes had a great, like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, I can't wait till they explain what the hell is happening because <laughs> I sure don't yeah. get it. But And now things are starting to unfold. You're going, really oh, did. fuck, yeah, like, I like, like this. this is cool. And then episode five kind of went back to the sitcom thing, but then did the back and forth. It was like, all right, now we're kind of getting yes. more. The farther the show goes, the more it's going to explain. And I guess we will say Bradley Cooper kills himself at the end. Spoiler alert. But at the very end of episode five, uh, Quicksilver shows back up, but he's not played by the MCU's Aaron Taylor Johnson. He's played by Evan Peters, known from American Horror Story. Also the MCU, or I'm sorry, also known as the Fox uh, Mutants uh, thing with um, 
the Quicksilver you know, from Fox. The Quicksilver from Fox and the yeah, Marvel or the, the X Men movies, which is a whole thing that we've talked about two fucking tiers on this show about how Marvel went I'm still, but yet I'm 90s. still a little confused, much like Bitcoin and fucking uh, an hedge fund. Basically, in the '90s, and I'll speed run this. In the '90s, Marvel was going broke. They sold the rights to the X Men to Fox. Fox was now allowed to make X-Men movies that featured mutants, but they couldn't talk about how they were in the Avengers. The MCU was allowed to make Avengers movies, but they couldn't talk about mutants or Magneto or things. Disney eventually bought Fox, and now bringing Evan Peters into the Fox Quicksilver into the MCU is kind of showing that, and we've talked about the Spider-Man movie coming out yeah, with all the, the big things with the and Garfield's. It's a big Spider-Verse, it's a big multiverse thing that they're doing now. Yeah. They're like, all right, look, we're going to bring in mutants. And it was just a big thing where it's just like, oh, wow. Like, so Quicksilver in this universe is a mutant, but he probably doesn't know who he is. My theory is, is this, if you're a super nerd, listen, watch the show and listen to this, is that I don't think she can bring back dead bodies, okay? She can't bring back her dead brother. You could bring back Vision because she went and he's a robot. She could went and got his body from like the facility, and that's kind of how she's doing that. The only way she could bring her brother back, I think, is pulling him from like a pocket universe and being all right. It's not my brother per se, but it kind of is because he was like portrayed in the Fox. It's a very nerdy deep dive. Yeah, like that's my prediction. Is that I mean, I'm thinking old. that he that she didn't bring him in at all. That's why she was so. Cont- I believe her. That she didn't that bring him the, in, uh, that he is popping up on his own. And he's maybe showing up from another universe, but maybe to uh, cause her trouble. Like, I don't think that yeah. she is, you know, she like she said that that was the first thing that she did not manipulate was that person showing up at the door that it turned out to be her brother. And I was like, oh, fuck. There's a big theory. But that totally that fell past me, though, as somebody that didn't recognize fucking the actor of Quicksilver from, like, the movie fucking, yeah, you know, Tent Beggars or whatever. Past, so it was like. You know, it's it's, it's somebody that throws out there for the big Marvel fans like yourself, but uh, correct. You know, like I did not even. Well, they, they even make a point in the show to tell you they're like, oh look, they recast her brother. Yeah, I didn't even get that. It was just like you know, it's. I thought they just meant recast but, him because that they had thought that he was dead and not coming, and they were just like you know the old sitcom thing when you fucking bring a new bring a character back that you know. So and there's a lot happening in the show too. It's like really pulled from the comics. And in the comics, like Wanda, also known as Scarlet Witch, really did a lot of stuff in the comics where she can change and warp realities. So like they're pulling off a lot of that. Another thing too is the neighbor, who's like the kooky neighbor that always shows up. She her name is like Agnes, and I think in the comics she was also like a witch, a powerful witch. So there's a lot of things that shows that like the annoying. Yeah, from you Bad can tell Moms. that something's gonna happen with her. I'm not yeah. sure what her backstory but is I the character that you're talking about one of the about, ones but... that's like manipulating it my theory is that i think the government or like somebody eviler has made her doing this and now she wanda herself is kind of enjoying it and has been like taking over she has some control over it but she's not necessarily but she was did she was she knowing bad did she, guy. but she was being like unknowingly manipulated by some governmental I think she's, agent was manipulated to... at first and now and she's, now she's kind of like how to do it kind of like liking it like oh i got vision i got the kids i got uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Dog. <laughs> yeah i mean i don't really know like you said i'm taking it much more at just face value of the show that i'm watching without all of the comic backstories and stuff because i don't i'm really like i said i'm really unfamiliar with wanda and vision as characters outside of like what you know they had they've made cameos in avengers but i'm more familiar with the chick from the two broke girls 
from the Thor <laughs> movies. The fucking uh, scientist from Cat Dennings. Yeah, but uh, like, so I mean, I'm you know, I'm watching it with much more fresh eyes. Uh, well, then and Jimmy I'm... Woo also, dude. The uh, oh, from Ant Man. He was from Ant Man. He was yeah, the one yeah, doing sure. the fucking magic card trick that Paul Rudd taught him. You know. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. But I believe I'm taking it at face value. I believe that she is creating the little universe because she's living like a good, wholesome, real life. Okay, and now the brother has shown up, which is going to interrupt her control. Now she's realizing that she doesn't have total control over the universe, and she might be losing it now, uh, losing it more so now that her brother popped up from another universe, and now other things like like in a. a you know, straight, and now other things will start happening that shows that she's losing slight bits of control over the situation. But well, I'm looking forward to the last left, four episodes. Man. Though yeah. I really enjoyed it, and Me it's too. a super unique presentation. But it makes total sense as to why they're doing it, and uh, uh, felt that they've executed it uh, executed it perfectly through the first five episodes. Now, I guess the question is: Are we going to continue on with the sitcom? Uh, eras like the last one was vintage eighties sitcom. Oh yes, I believe that. Is every the next one gonna be a nineties? And now we're gonna get to the twenty tens, the twenty like. I so. so is it gonna be what's gonna so. be the twenty twenty like, like a, a modern, office a modern style? Family, a modern family esque. Yeah, exactly. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like an office style, modern family. Uh, well, I guess I modern so. family is different. Do they do they do like uh, interviews on Modern Family? Yeah, they do. Okay. They do like when they're sitting on the couch like that. I want to see a uh, and like fucking uh, the dad's yeah, 90, giving his. There take better on be that. a Roseanne episode where it shows her at the table like. <laughs> oh no! I'm going Seinfeld all day, dude. What's the deal with these uh, aliens trying to come into my universe and kill us? <laughs> Not bad. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. Um, but I guess with that, then and the kind of like shows that we loved and really are talking about, kind of like what this show's doing. Dare we say that could there be a WandaVision episode of Saved by the Bell? And God damn it, with Screech dying, shouldn't we take a closer look at something like that? Closer look, closer look, closer look. Break out the telescope, then the microscope. All of your other scopes, it's exactly what you hold. We're gonna look real close, take a closer look. Closer look. Closer look. Closer look. Uh, dude, I say it every time, and I'll say it every time in the future, dude. Bust out your microscopes <laughs> and every other scope. Big Happy shout New out to Andre from Andre Davy. SoundCloud.com. The only time better I've heard it was the one episode <laughs> where Liam, the big LW himself, forgot to edit in uh, the actual song, and it was just you singing it. <laughs> and it was me and you giving our exact clowns and which we do, uh, uh, I guess, to take you guys behind the curtain of the Geek the Podcast, we do uh, sing it to each other for a solid fucking ten minutes in, in and out of every episode. So. We do Zoom or real life. We uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll yeah, there's been out. plenty of live performances of the clowns and look. So we've been doing the show for five years, and that song has never like worn off on me. <laughs> but anyway, like we said, all joking aside, Dustin Diamond forty four, I think was our first almost RIP that actually came to fruition. Uh, 
Dude, super sad. Like him or hate him, he was full of scandal. But 44 Who hates years old. Him? I mean, most lovable guy. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's true. Um, but, you know, I mean, R.I.P. Dustin Diamond. Gone too soon. Fucking fuck cancer. All that. Uh, but it really got us thinking. It's one of the shows, I mean, as our first before news radio, or even before Seinfeld, our first, like, really sitcom we watched. Like, the first before there was fucking Ross and Rachel, dude. There was Zach and Kelly. You know what I mean? Yes, for and sure. The nerdy friend. Like I was so invested in the show. And no, for really sure. The show really Diamond, was a huge part of uh, you know my childhood because, like you said, it was you know really it's it's a show I would say. Uh, I guess it's interesting because I always looked at it as a show that is for kids because I watched it as a kid. But I guess like what what's what's the age? Like what was their target demo when they made it? Was it supposed to be for like you know eight year old to ten year old kids or for more like twelve to fifteen year old kids? You know, like because the content matter like they're in high school and most of the stuff is more of like you know kissing like they're like all the episodes were about kissing before we were kissing or anything like that. You know what I mean? Like we were in third grade watching it. Most targets go like most targets are like six years, right? Like you're twenty twenty six or twenty six thirty two. I would say nine to fifteen would be your target audience for say by the bell right yeah like nine years old okay that's a good like call start learning boners and then like 15 like you're right on the edge it was for like, sure i don't it's... care about say by the bell anymore i'm obviously watching dude. I'm like, <laughs> shut up. but yeah. like 16 it's time you get your driver's license say nine to 15 for sure that's good cr- demographic and I'd, I'd say even like by Rainbow. 15, I'd say if you're 13 or 14, if, you, if you're growing in a mustache and you're still watching Saved by the Bell, you're an asshole. But I feel like, cause, uh, and especially me and you were watching that in, like, syndication, where this is before, like, our time of watching that in, like, real time. Or do you remember watching Saved by kind the of, Bell no, 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 in I real time? wrong and right on that because we were – it wasn't like they went out of, like, syndication where it didn't go off air for, like, two years. Because the college years was still our time. And it wasn't like they were bringing back this crazy Stay by the Bell show that was on years ago. Okay, that's and true. They were doing college. It was like a one year gap. But I mean, like, I mean? but just. I think new episodes were coming out when we were kids. But I, I couldn't remember. I couldn't tell you a time. But it was like, oh, dude, Thursdays at like eight. Stay by the yeah, Bell yeah, for sure. Out. I'm so assuming, like, the college like years, it was a Saturday afternoon like, show, but was it, was, was it uh, uh, your Saved by the Bell lifelong watching experience exclusively as an after-school programming uh, as well? Because that's, yeah, for me, it would be, yeah, like, on TBS after-school, you know, uh, uh, but, like, on the daily syndication run. So it was a show, like, uh, for maybe we'll start off the list, but, like, whenever we would get a, a Miss Bliss episode, it would be, like, a random treat because it was, like, the syndication cycled back, and it would be, like, you know what I mean? Even for, no, like, a right. third-grade kid, it would be, like, nostalgic looking at the early years of Saved by the Bell. It'd be like, man, Andy Zach Morgan, looks so I mean, young, you know? It's that's like, what, well, I mean, he was young. He was, like, 13. Yeah. But he's only so much younger, older than us, but... That's when the show was called Good Morning Miss Bliss. Yeah, yeah, okay? yeah. Before it was even Saved by the Bell. And I think the only original cast members that made it from Good Morning Miss Bliss 
was just Zach and Lisa. Then yeah, it wasn't all know. of the original. Uh, wasn't the whole gang, well, I think of course. That show too was actually set in like they were in like Ohio, and it was like you're telling me Zach and Lisa both moved to California at the same time. Yes, you're right. That's such a good call. That is a. Uh, that is something that, that was a mind fuck as a kid. It was like, and again, it was being able to be like ahead of the curve, you know what I mean? Whereas even as a third grade kid, I was just like, so you expect me to believe that they move? Mm-hmm. But again, yeah. we've talked about this in this show that like, I thought high school was going to be like, stay by the bell. And then like my first freshman year in high school, and I was just like, Hey, what's up? Are you the preppy one? They're like, shut up, faggot! Give me your chain! I was like, oh my god, dude. Like, Point me to the max. Ah, uh, <laughs> but I would say also then, kind of in that aspect of just looking at Miss Bliss, I would say one of my greatest moments of Saved by the Bell is literally, and especially looking at it as like a California show now at this point, is just a theme song of just like the baby blue background and the sneaker and like the wake, wake up, up in the morning, morning and I guess <laughs> and I know I'll never wake up Yeah, no, for sure. Definitely an epic 90s uh, sitcom theme song, for sure. And there are, that is definitely one, like, super just famous uh, thing about the show. I guess kind of similar, not really necessarily an episode moment, but just like a famous thing. But, like, uh, uh, the timeout, Zach freezing, calling time, and, like, freezing things in every episode. Like, Zach's power to just stop and then give a little soliloquy along the side. Was like I a, think epic. this has been brought up also in our breaking the fourth wall closer look before, but you're okay. Right. You're right. Yeah. Well, I think we've like... also done a Saved by the Bell closer look before as well. We have definitely done our Saved by the Bell trivia where we talked about fucking our favorite Saved by the Bell. So this isn't our first uh, Saved by the Bell foyer, but as well like Zach's phone. You know what I mean? Like, that's just an iconic thing, and that's still, like, a, re- a pop culture reference. Oh, the Zach Morris phone. Like, that's just a thing that still is uh, uh, just will live forever in the annals of time, it's st- taken straight from Saved by the Bell. Hey, man, I still wear my buddy bracelet, all right? <laughs> because let's start talking about, because we're just talking about, honestly, like, we're at now we're still talking about, it's, like, iconic, the theme song, this scenario, the idea of it, uh, how we watch it. Let's start talking about like real episodes, iconic Saved by the Bell moments. And I'm just going to start at the top, all right? Because I think we all know the thing that even if you didn't want Saved by the Bell, I think everyone knows just the Jesse Spano, not, not her becoming a showgirl, but her <laughs> becoming just hooked on speed and being so excited. Yeah, the early excited. meth head. She's so scared. She's so scared, Liam. <laughs> She's so scared. Yeah, her well, caffeine pill addiction episode was definitely. I'd say yeah. For for uh, I'd say that's definitely the single most famous episode of Saved by the Bell, or the most fam- single famous like storyline anyway. Was the uh, I'm so excited ah! and her freaking spaz out with uh, her caffeine dude, pills. Not to really deep dive too much on like because like this is supposed to be funny and like we got a lot of hot great moments from Saved by the Bell. But not to do deep dive on the writing, but really, do they have, like, one of the best writers on that episode and be like, oh, it should be the character you least expect. Like, the one that's always getting straight in. We're going to have Jesse addicted on, like, speed. And be like, holy fuck. Is this great writing? Like, if you break down the hilarity of her, like, dancing and saying, I'm so excited, and Zach sneaking through the tree... 
No, I mean, of course it should be Zach. That's the irresponsible one all hopped up on caffeine pills. Slater. Slater, of course. Yeah, yeah. Or Lisa or any of the other ones. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Anybody but Jesse, of course. The uh, (laughs) Jesse would be the one. The golden child. Uh, I'd say that was a classic episode. Another classic episode would maybe be the oil spill in Bayside, where which which features Zach holding the duck. Becky the duck. (laughs) Of course. Uh, or maybe another uh, great animal episode, but how about Slater's Chameleon Arnie? <laughs> R.I.P. Arnie, another R.I.P. from the Animal Kingdom. But Slater's like, was it a chameleon or salamander or whatever? He did his like whole presentation about his pet, his pet fucking lizard Arnie. <laughs> Slater was the best, fucking. Dude, Slater was the best and Zach was the worst because I think on the same episode you found out that Slater's AC stood for Albert Clifford. Okay, Zach great was call. Also trying to bang his cousin in the same episode. Yeah. It was just like, oh, you're Slater's cousin? Before I fuck you, Timmy all Slater's secret. <laughs> yeah. Dude, before we go any further, there's this thing on uh, uh, fucking, what's it called? Com- not um, YouTube? <laughs> yeah, YouTube. Where it's called Zach Morris is the worst. Zach Morris is trash. And yeah. It's just a guy that breaks down how Zach For Morris sure. Is. But, dude, how about the only person that's We've had to have guys, talked about that before. But, I mean, really, talk about, like, a, talk about something that will change your, like, whole perception of life. But uh, when you realize what a fucking total douche Zach Morris was for all of those yeah. episodes, it's like just for it's a similar fashion of looking back and realizing that Hulk Hogan was secretly like a total asshole bad guy in the ring. And everybody just thought he was like, like he would do all of the bad guy tactics, but still be the good guy. That was Zach, like the most beloved character of my childhood, turned out to be the biggest douche, like a fucking sexual pedophile, like, uh, uh, you know, pervert. He's turning in the pictures of his all of his friends in the bathing suits to the calendar yeah, trying yeah, to profit yeah. off of that he's trying he's to fuck slater's Jesse cousin off in a poker game he's doing that yeah yeah and let's not forget that blonde-haired blue-eyed zach morris walked into his classroom dressed as a native american and being like how my people's land was raped <laughs> running zach <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, the uh, that was his name. He was gonna dress. Yeah, yeah, Zach's fucking in like the full on fucking native headdress and all, and he wore. And dude, he's like so serious. There had to be a hey, how are you situation in that. In that aspect, Zach Morris is like the guy, the fucking the white guy at the Black Lives Matter protest, freaking out too much. Where like Zach is like, oh, you think it's funny I'm dressed like this? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think Zach learned over the course because that was definitely one of the definitive things about Saved by the Bell and I guess really about all, you know, uh, uh, even I guess in WandaVision we kind of uh, made a little bit of a joke towards it, but like the very special episode of sitcoms and I guess Saved by the Bell, that's one of the things where it's just like for us watching it as really little kids, I don't know if it was like if they were, they they kind of all were supposed to be quasi-educational from that like adolescent learning aspect, right? Or were there like lessons. special episodes? There, was supposed you know? to be a lesson. there were special episodes, though. I think the Jesse one was. I think another one was is when Zach and Slater found the joint. Yes, the of course. Room, and Slater like fucking lost it. Dude, <laughs> like punched a hole in a locker, and then they make friends with like what's his name, like Johnny Montana, whatever. Yeah, then, they dude, go to the party in the hills. He's just trying to get Kelly to blaze. Yeah, and then. Uh, Dude, they are high school kids so- in California. I mean, uh, yeah. 
no hope of dope because it turns out Belding has been best friends with the uh, president of NBC this whole time. He's like, oh, you remember my old uh, Bayside <laughs> classmate? Well, the best building episode was was easily with Belding's brother Ron, 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 Ron Belding. <laughs> it was it was like the sleaze ball that was like he was definitely gonna bang Kelly. Talking about speaking of banging Kelly, if you no. gave Ron a couple more episodes, he was Rod. Or Rod, like Rod Belding, Rod. Yeah, Rod yeah. Was cool. Rod Belding, President Mister Belding wanted to go skiing. Rod Belding was like, "Oh, you can go skiing." We can go, why run a raft him? <laughs> and then the reason he just leaves, ditches the trip, is not even because he's just a dirtball. He was just like, uh, Zach, I met a air stewardess named Inga. I'm going to fuck Inga. <laughs> he like had a legitimate excuse. <laughs> yeah. He totally played two character. It wasn't like he was just like, oh, I'm an alcoholic. He was just like, no, I'm a pusshound, Zach. Like yeah, I told yeah. you, dude. Inga. Her name is Inga. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, for sure. But the old stewardess, the old irresistible yeah. uh, stewardess Rod named Inga. Belding. Nothing then better than, well, one, any episode with Tori, but two, Zach delivering Mrs. Belding's baby in the elevator with Tori. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. I forgot about like, Zach. ultimate <laughs> revenge from Zach. He was like, hey, Principal Belding, I seen your wife's pussy. <laughs> Yeah, now, Tori was uh, after the other girls left, right? Tori, Tori was replaced, to... or was Tori the one from they the beach? Had, they had, no, 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 okay. That's Who is the one from uh, had... the Malibu? The one from the beach is the lady from uh, King of Queens. This okay, yes, Leah Ramey, himself. okay, exactly, Leah yes, is, uh, for sure. Rosia. Tori was, Rosia. yeah, yeah. Tori came on when... Uh, they actually like did an episode where they all got their diploma and like we all graduate and did this with no continuity. They're like, we're gonna do another season, but uh, Kelly and Jesse had already left. They're like, all right, well, let's, let's bring Tori on. <laughs> and yeah, then, yeah. like, Zach fucked that biker chick. No way. <laughs> but then they broke continuity because you're right. They had that, and then they had the college years where like Zach and Kelly. Well, Kelly wasn't even on the show. It was like Slater, Zach, and somebody else was their roommate. And then there was two girls they were creeping on. And then Kelly and Lisa finally came on the show. And then there was the Vegas wedding. And now even on the new show now on the Peacock Network, which turns out is free, they fucking, like, that's all continuity. Like, it's Zach and Kelly's kid that, like, uh, is, like... I don't even know that there was a... Uh, so there's, like, oh, a yeah. Sopranos? There's, there's, a, there's a No Saved Saints of Newark-style Saved by the Bell series going yeah, on? where. <laughs> It's like it's woke now, so like they make reference to Frank. Oh, running Zach. Zach would not have made it in a they woke even culture. They show like Zach, like he's like doing his background. He was the now the mayor of L.A. But they show he's like then I was a lawyer. It just shows a picture of him and like on Franklin and Bash with the guy from Franklin and Bash. Nice. They showed the either Franklin show, and or like, Bash as the. Other. They just have a blonde-haired kid that looks like Zach. But the rest of the show is just from the perspective of this Spanish girl that actually lives in L.A. And she's like, can't Zach see that, like, people don't live like him? And it's just the Spanish girl that's, like, going to school at Bayside <laughs> with, like, the kids of the Bayside gang. It's amazing. Yeah. I, I mean, also, honestly, also, Saved by the Bell was amazing. a pretty racially diverse show for 90 standards. They had Lisa and Slater. Mario Lopez. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I mean, I mean, I guess I'm they... sure there was a Jewish one. <laughs> 
But um, uh, I guess that does bring up uh, something that anytime Saved by the Bell comes up, Franklin and Bash always has to get mentioned, as well does Showgirls, I guess, if we're talking about the real college yeah. years. Yeah. Because uh, that's, what, that's what I like to refer to as the college years. Dude, let's think of one more thing, because I just want to say this one, because I'm pretty much done here. But kind of like we were talking about, like the love interest, and with Valentine's Day being around the corner, nothing broke my heart more when Zach and Kelly were supposed to go to prom together, and then Kelly kissed the other guy she worked with at the Max. If you remember that, like yeah, yeah. manager. But then looking back on it, there's like, hang on, man. That guy had to be a, what, 22 versus Kelly's, like, 17 at yeah. best? Anytime you're out and of high like, school and you're going to the prom, even if you're a freshman in college, if you're out yeah. of high school, it's fucking too late for the prom. I'm sorry. Not even that. Actively broke up a high school couple. Was like, come on, baby. <laughs> this I is some Marilyn Manson grooming uh, style max, shit here. And I just want to take a bite out of you and smash your brain. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. And we know the creepy guys at the restaurant that try to fuck the hostess, not the, re- the, not the waitresses. We know that yeah. whole scene. Despite <laughs> what you think, it's not Rod Belding. It's always the assistant manager of the match. <laughs> but anyway, that's our closer look. Guys, I'm sure there's a lot of Saved by the Bell moments we uh, forgot. Yeah. And really, again, shout out the reason we did this. R.I.P. Dustin Diamond. All yeah, he was the best. By the bell moments from him. <laughs> R.I.P. Screech. R.I.P. Uh, to Screech. Honestly, guys, email us in. Do all of your say by the bell moments uh, you thought of. We're still taking the polls, too, for the next Netflix movie we should be watching, which is right around the corner. And email those in at the Geeked Up Podcast at gmail.com. Go Geek on buds. iTunes. Give us those likes, leave us those comments, send us the emails. It helps us get more plays. It helps us bring more stuff to you. Yeah. R.I.P. Screech. <laughs> Guys, it's been a uh, wild ride. It's been nice to talk geek stuff. R.I.P. Uh, Donald Trump chance of presidency. We'll talk about it more in the next episode. But with that, <laughs> that's Liam Whalen. I'm Devin Barnes. I know you're not working tomorrow if you're responsible because you're quarantining. So go ahead, get geeked up. Woo baby. Woo baby. It's time to get geeked up. Woo. What's up, y'all? This is Mr. Woo Baby himself, Andre Davi. You're listening to the Geeked Up Podcast on SoundCloud. Yeah, I'm still taking those episode 10 emails, y'all. Woo. Music and gaming, you know what I'm saying. Comic books and tech. 